Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Joe Hayden said that he thinks the Steelers are going to back off having corners covering gunners on special teams. True to form, as they've backed off covering anybody else. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. And then tell them we're doing radio up in here. Antonio Brown spoke to the media today for the first time since he didn't show up to work on Monday. And, well, he did not answer any questions. I mean, literally he answered the questions, but there was no real meat behind them. He didn't seem to feel like he did anything wrong. He didn't seem to feel like he had been punished by Mike Tomlin. He did feel the need, though, to throw the media a little bit under the bus. And I'm interested to know, Steelers Nation, where you come down on this. When A.B. spouts off and he blames the media, when A.B. spouts off and says, you guys don't care about me, do you believe him? Do you take his side because he's an almighty Pittsburgh Steeler? Or do you see right through the BS the way you should? I'll give you an opportunity to hear what he had to say to the media today before I need you to answer that question. And, in fact, here it is from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex earlier on today. It's Antonio Brown. Antonio, why were you uh, not around on Monday? Uh, personal reasons. Uh, obviously, the coach knew where I was at. Uh, we talked between me and him. Can you tell us about your conversation with him? It's personal. You know, it's turning between the team and me and coach. Antonio, how do you about the results of that talk? It's all, matter, you know. it's all about uh, just playing football, you know, the distractions we got to stay away from. I'm here to play football in, in that regard. We got to stay focused in the midst of it. Antonio, after the fourth touchdown, why were you so mad? Are we losing the game. Are we getting beat by 40. We haven't won the game yet. For me, as a stiller, that's unacceptable. You know, I'm not on the sideline begging for the ball or making statements like you guys make. I'm pissed off. We're losing. We but suck. You had just tied the game. James Conner just tied the game. Now, you guys make assumptions about my emotion. You guys don't know me at all. You guys just write what you think going to get hits. Between me and you, everyone in the locker know what I stand for, know what I'm about. You know, I'm committed to this program, this organization. I'm fully here. I go to work every day. I'm about my business, and I don't take it for granted. You know, my business is winning here. I come here to win. And the win winning, you damn right I'm pissed off. I wanted to ask you about that, but you weren't in the locker room on Sunday. Why did you decide? Yeah, you got to write stories about everything. I'm pissed off. We lost the games. If you guys want to talk to me, let's talk. I'm right here. I'm not hiding from none of you. I don't have from no one. I'm from Liberty City. What about Sunday, though? You you weren't available on Sunday. Why did you leave? I was available. I left early. I'm pissed off. We lost. We didn't win the game. You guys frustrated? I thought you guys were around here supposed to be writing about winning. The culture should be winning. That's all that matters. That's how business is winning. We're not winning. I'm pissed off. I'm passionate about winning. I signed up to win. I work extremely hard, put 20 hours a day of my life and my body away from my family to, to win. And when we don't, yeah, I'm pissed off because I take it serious. A lot of time go into this, a lot of hard work and effort, you know. So, yeah, I am pissed off. What do you think is lacking for, from getting the wins? Got to find a way to win. 
you know, no excuse. Uh, we can point the finger at anyone. We gotta look within ourselves and see how can we be the difference to make us move. Maybe you gonna try to stay off Twitter now and keep yourself out of this I just I can't I can't, can't uh, respond to people that's you know saying crazy stuff. Obviously, uh, I got to do a more important job to be focused on what's important. And uh, what's important now is for us to learn. Antonio, Mike Tomlin said you were disciplined for missing the meeting Monday. You think that was justified? Mm -hmm. No, I never could go against you know, the program or what uh, these guys think is right for me. Obviously, I'm a player. Antonio, do you consider yourself a leader on this football team and a leader by example? Absolutely. I think I lead by example. I come to work every day. You guys can make a statement that I'm a diva, but you ask these guys. I put my heart on the line every day because of how I'm feeling. I'm out there. I'm giving 100% effort. Uh, well, based on that, do you have to watch what you do in light of losing, whether you get upset on the sidelines? Obviously, I'm in the spotlight, so you guys don't always you know, put me under the microscope. But I'm a compassionate individual. I can't fake the way I feel. I can't hide the way I feel. If it wasn't important to me, then I would just say, it don't matter. I'm not that type of guy who just around here casting checks and don't care. You know, it's just me sometimes. It not only means something to me, it means something to my family. And when football is not fun and I can't dedicate it and take it serious, I shouldn't be here. Do you expect to be on the field from the first snap on Monday night? <laughs> well, I wouldn't have one. You guys don't want me to see, don't want to see me in my jersey? <laughs> you said you're pissed off. How do you plan to take that aggression out on the box? You got to find a way to win. Monday night is another opportunity. Uh, race to doubt. Race to... Uh, Misfortune uh, thoughts about us as a team. So, Antonio, were you so mad about the way things were going on Sunday? That's what kept you away Monday? Or no? I'll just tell you I had a personal issue. I'm going to tell you that, then that's another story for you to say. Well, did you let you Mike can... know Monday or did uh, you? Yeah, I let him know. You just can't show not show up. <laughs> what you guys think? You just don't show up. I mean, we have a job. You know, my job is to let everyone know what's going on with me while I'm not here. Were you fine? Antonio, you... By Mike, by Mike Tomlin. I tell you guys, it was a personal tournament. Antonio, your, your teammates said you didn't owe them an apology. Did you apologize anyway? Or, or, apologize for what? I got a personal issue. You guys no, have personal a, issues at home, stuff happened. Yeah. You guys, you guys apologize for it or what? That's life. I got to apologize. What the hell was that? What just happened to us? I feel like my ears got flogged. I mean, seriously, Antonio Brown's going to show up and speak for the first time since he didn't show up on Monday and take zero accountability for himself. What the hell is this guy thinking? I love Jim Wexel's question. After the fourth touchdown, why were you mad? Because we were losing. But you had just tied the game. Jim Wexel's going to join us here on the Crowley Show in 13 minutes. Le'Veon is not here. Antonio was, though. I keep doing that, switching them two names up in my head. He said, I'm committed to this program. I show up every day. I'm going to have an aneurysm. No, you don't show up every day. That's what we're talking about. The day you didn't show up. He also thought that the responsibility of all the writers in the room was to write about the Steelers winning. I thought you guys around here were supposed to write off about us winning. What? No. No, the guys in the room, they write about what happens. And what's happening is the diva wide receivers act in a fool. There's nothing wrong with having a personal issue. We've talked about this ad nauseum on the show this week. If I had a personal issue, if my cat had to get declawed, although don't do that to your pets anymore, people. It's 2018. If my cat had to get its teeth removed, if my dog had an issue, if my kid, something was going on with him or her, 
Okay. You know what I do? I call up Brian and I say, hey, buddy, I can't come in today because my cat's got to get its teeth clean because my dog's got to get a finger shoved up its butt because my kid has a fever of 102. Personal issues can be brought up to the people who are in charge. And that's what Antonio Brown should have done. It's also what he said he did. Well, then why did Mike Tomlin punish him? Mike Tomlin said yesterday that Antonio Brown's been disciplined. If he wasn't disciplined for that, was he disciplined for the reporter thing? Because if he was disciplined for the reporter thing, why wasn't he disciplined for that prior to this week? That happened two weeks ago. The apology came out last week. Why was he not disciplined for that at the time? Something's not jiving here, man. Uh, either Mike Tomlin's full of crap or Antonio Brown's full of crap. And ding, 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 I think it's the latter, not the former. I think Mike Tomlin probably could have handled this better at his press conference on Tuesday, but the emotions may have overcome him. Uh, if I'm Mike Tomlin, if I'm in that position, if I'm up in front of the Steelers media and I am having to explain what happened with my star wide receiver, I think I say that matters between the two of us. The absence was excused. Moving on. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Tampa Bay. Pull a Bill Belichick. Mike Tomlin could have handled it better before, but... Anybody could have handled it better than Antonio Brown did today. A number of times he said, I come to work every day. He said, quote, you can't just not show up, end quote. What? He was then asked whether or not he needed to apologize to his teammates, and he said, apologize for what? Man, all this week I've said Antonio Brown does not need to be punished. Antonio Brown does not need to be suspended. He laughed about the notion even that he was going to be suspended when he was asked that question. I'm starting to reconsider. Antonio Brown is starting to change my mind because obviously there was no no message whatsoever that was received on his part. Uh, whatever discipline it was that Mike Tomlin rained down upon Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown sure as hell did not get that message. Uh, I'm starting to think if you wrote the message on a billboard and smacked him in the head with it, he wouldn't even get it. What the hell is this guy doing? What is this guy's problem? Now, Colin Dunlap from the station across the street, I admire his work. I think he does a good job on the morning show over there when he's not competing against me on the DVE morning show because I'm a huge deal. He tweeted out, I think I figured out this Antonio Brown thing. He wants the Steelers to win, but he thinks that A.B. gives him the best, gives them the best chance to win. A.B. thinks, yes, I want to win, but I'm the guy to do it. Yeah, Colin, where the hell have you been? I've been saying that for months. A Antonio Brown does want to win. Every football player that takes the field, 95% of them, 99.5% maybe, they want to win. They're not out there just to collect checks. They want to win. They want to have fun. They're competitive. And Antonio Brown is one of them, but he thinks whatever he does, whatever he can bring to the table is far and away better than what anybody else can bring to the table. He thinks the Steelers win because of him. Duh. We've been over that. I also don't buy A.B. saying, oh, I'm pissed off because we're losing. Uh, to an extent, I do. As I just said, he wants to win. But if the Steelers were 0-1-1 and Antonio Brown had Juju Smith-Schuster's numbers, is he there on Monday, Tom? I think so. 100%. Tom's shaking his head yes. He was afraid to get on the microphone. Yes, he would 100% be there. Without a doubt in my mind. 
Man, we got the head shake and a without a doubt in my mind. That's some conviction there from Tom. If he's catching touchdowns, if he got a 67-yard pass in game number one, if he's Tony two-tapping his feet in the end zone like Juju Smith-Schuster did on Sunday, none of this is going on. The other thing I didn't like about Antonio Brown's media representation was that he blamed the media a little bit. And you didn't hear it there, but another soundbite, he was asked about his injury, whether or not he had progressed at all from training camp, whether or not he was getting healthy, and he said, you guys don't care about me. He has turned this into Antonio Brown against the media. And this goes back to OTAs, this goes back to minicamp when he wasn't showing up, and then whenever he did come back, he went on that long tirade talking about how he's got to wake up to Google alerts every day and his kids got to wake up to Google alerts every day. Man, this is the business you're in, pal. When you are a megastar at the level of an Antonio Brown, the media critique is going to come along with it. The narratives are going to flow. It's just reality. And sometimes people spew poison. Some radio hosts get behind the microphone and they say things that are not true just to rile people up. I don't do that. I'm transparent. Transparency is the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. I'm going to be me. I'm going to tell you what I think. And I've always treated Antonio Brown fair. I used to stick up for the guy. Do you know where he came from? You know, he was sleeping in a car in Miami. I've stuck up for him a bunch. But there comes a point in time where you have to look at this through the scope of the team and what he brings to the table for the team. And this year, his play hasn't been good enough to justify the crazy. There's that crazy hot Scale? You ever heard about that? If you're going to date a woman, are they they crazy? Okay, well, if they are, are they hot enough to put up with it? Antonio Brown is the crazy good scale. How crazy is he being today, and does it outweigh the bad? Well, he hasn't played well enough thus far, and he's acting a fool. We're in a danger zone here. I also said on yesterday's program... If you do suspend Antonio Brown, the team's going to get pissed. The team's going to revolt. I believe that even more so now than I did yesterday because Marquise Pouncey spoke. A couple of other Steelers spoke and said, oh, A.B.'s got nothing to apologize for. If A.B. had been suspended and they really felt that way, Tomlin really would have lost their locker room. So maybe he did do the right thing there. I just don't understand how you can put... Antonio Brown in front of the media right now and expect that he's going to clear anything up. He made things a hundred times worse. So much to get to on today's program. we got Ray Fittipaldo at 6 coming up in a few minutes. We've got Jim Wexel of Steel City Insider. Uh, he was in the locker room, asked a couple of questions of Antonio Brown. We'll also get his thoughts on the defense, defense which uh, sucks. You're listening to The Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, he went from the bottom. I give up, man. If you're not gonna be honest about it, I give. John, Thanks my nipple looks on. like my Bye-bye. nipple looks like my cat, like a like my cat's nipple. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown spoke to the media. I wasn't there. I'm never there. Jim Wexel is there all the time from Steel City Insider. He joins us here on the Crowley Show. Jim, thank you very much for taking the time today, buddy. How you doing? Oh, no problem, Adam. I'm honored, buddy. Honored? Now that is strong. I am honored to have you on. This, this is the Crowley Show, right? It is. 
We have fun here. Absolutely, I'm honored. Well, thank you. Uh, Jim is also the associate editor of Steelers Digest. Uh, Jim, you had one of the better questions, I thought, in the Antonio Brown media circus, uh, where you pointed out to him the score of the game whenever uh, he was flipping out on Randy Feekner. What did you glean from his comments today? Anything? Um, He's angry at the media. He he blamed it on the media, and so that's how that goes. Uh, he apparently was fined for nothing uh, because it was an excused absence. And, uh, you know, the question and the question I later asked, I thought was better. That's what I thought you were going to, you know, do you want Todd? Do you miss Todd? And he goes, you just want to write more headlines to get more clicks. You know, this is a guy that counted his clicks on Facebook while Tomlin was calling the, the Patriots, you know, what he called them. And hey, and, and AB's the one going. Look at that, forty-one thousand. I don't count clicks because I don't get clicks. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get listeners either, Jim. <laughs> Jim Wexel joining oh. us on the Crowley Show. I mean, it was maybe not surprising, but at the same time, mind-boggling uh, to be asked the questions he was asked and to still not think that there was any fault there. Uh, what do his teammates think? Uh, is it the same as they felt with Le'Veon Bell, or is it the opposite? Well, they know, A.B., you know, I've been saying this, it hasn't bothered me. A.B. went off in the spring on, on the media, and I don't understand because all the guys that cover the team, even you, that don't, I mean, I see you around. Don't say you don't come around. I see you every Sometimes, time. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you come take your medicine. You're there. Anybody got a problem with Crowley? I'm here. Yeah, baby. I've seen you. Some of these guys, they rip this team all day long and never show up. So anyway, uh, uh, I wondered what his problem was. Did he read some national stuff uh, in the spring? Because he started this anti-media stuff in the spring, and I, I don't, I don't know. You know, does it go back to that Facebook incident in Kansas City? Uh, it's just you know one one problem with the media after another. He now interrupts my interviews with other players and says, you know, you shouldn't be talking. You shouldn't talk to the media. It's not me. Now it might be me. He might have a problem with me. I, I defended uh, Ryan Scarpino a little bit in the tweets, the tweet storm, and I, I, I tweeted that I think Antonio thinks Ryan still works for the Steelers. That's why he said trade me. So I think Antonio saw some of my remarks, but I'm, I'm a little fed up. But the teammates in the locker room, they know him. It's, it's not a deal to them, you know. They they might have been a little upset by his his tantrums when the team just ties the game at twenty eight. You know that that takes away from the team, but they all seem to realize they all seem to think that it's not about stats, and that might be the lesson I learned today. It might really not be about stats. It might just be that he wants the ball, just wants the ball. He doesn't care how many it adds up to, and that's where I may have been wrong. I may be I may be thinking he actually wants his stats, you know, to to be over what, uh, you know, a uh, hundred catches every year. He, he might not really care about that, and so that does make me feel better if he just wants the ball. But you have to be such a pain in the rear end to everybody about it. You know, it's a team game. Well, that's just that's, it. That's the only problem where the, the team might. I don't think the team cares about this Twitter stuff or any. You know, for for the whole fifteen minute locker room period today. They didn't have to deal with us. He was the lightning rod. <laughs> there were no stupid That's questions for them. Yeah, so I don't think it bothers them.
Jim, do you think he just he wants the ball because he thinks he gives the team the best chance to win? Is that what it boils yeah, down to? That's what I'm gleaning. You know, he, this latest one started when uh, he was in the end zone and got that pass interference to put him at the one. So they took him out. I think he was limping around a little bit too. They took him out to put the goal line offense in, and that's when he erupted. You know, they had just passed to him in the end zone. It just didn't make any sense. So that's why I asked Antonio that. Then I, I, I wondered if, you know, because he hugged Todd Haley last week and he's yelling at Randy Feekner the next week. And I wondered if he misses Todd, you know, is Ben getting more uh, autonomy without Todd? And is that hurting A.B.? That's the kind of stuff I wonder about. You know, Ben just kind of shakes it off. He knows Antonio's always pestering him for the ball. And, and ben, Ben's not going to answer that question about the offensive coordinators, but I had to ask that one. And the question I didn't ask that I should have asked, if he's so mad about winning, if that's what his, he's PO'd about, why isn't he yelling at the defensive coordinator? <laughs> Jim Wexel, Steel City Insider, publisher there and associate editor of Steelers Digest, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, that would be a perfect transition to get to the defense. Uh, I'm not going to take it just there yet, though. I do want to talk defense. But as far as A.B., I mean, I, I know how you break the game down, Jim. Is A.B. not getting open? What's the issue there? Timing problems with the quarterback that's going to work out over time? What do you think's going on? Yeah, you know, somebody asked him about his physical health. And well, we don't care about him, Jim. We don't care about him. No, see, that's where he doesn't understand. Yes, we care about the news. And, well, you know, we used to care about him until he went on this war against us. I, I don't get it. But, yes, we want to know the information. Why are you not getting open? And that, if he's hurt in some way, that would explain some of that. But, you know, players never respond, never answer the truth when it comes to their health. Everybody's hurt, they say, and, and there's truth to that. So is he not getting open because of that? Is it because of Mark Tavis isn't there? You've seen James Washington run a go route now. You saw that he did not get separation. That's the kind of player he is. You've got to let him go up and make a combat catch. He's, he's, he's a 4-5 guy. He's not Mark Tavis Bryant. Is, is that leaving a safety available mm. to add coverage to A.B.? It's possible. As much as we all like James Washington and think that he's going to be a good NFL player, maybe a great NFL player, he is not a factor right now. And they are, have a problem at number three receiver that they didn't last year. And as you know, their tight ends aren't Kelsey or Heath Miller or those type. They're, they're getting better, and they're, they're good, but they're not scary. And the number three receiver is not scary. Juju's not going to burn by anybody. There's, I think there's more coverage available. I think. And less coverage available of football on the Crowley Show because we've lost Jim Wexel. Oh. oh, we got him back. We got him oh, back. Okay. He's okay. back. Uh, Jim, Jim <laughs> Wexel. News to me. <laughs> yeah, well, it was only for a couple of seconds he trailed off there, uh, Jim, because uh, of the phone. Uh, Jim Wexel joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, transitioning to defense, uh, not like Spotty Sell coverage but uh, just spotty coverage in general is it a personnel <laughs> problem jim or is it scheme with this uh, steelers defense oh you know i they don't have a denzel ward let's let's put yeah. it that way joe hayden we like Artie burns we like except for the people that hate him 
you know, I think Artie Burns is a good two. Joe Hayden's a good two. They don't have a good one, do they? Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's like the pass rusher. The Cleveland has those two pillars to build around. Now it's easy for them to build. They have a potential Hall of Fame guy at cornerback, a potential Hall of Fame guy at pass rusher. The rest should be easy to fill in. Well, the Steelers drafting 29th and 30th every year have fill-ins to fill in. They're looking for, you know, they're looking for the stars on defense, the freaks. They thought they had, they did have one in Ryan. He's their highest draft pick since Roethlisberger, and he's gone. So they, they don't have those freaks. So, But I don't want to say they're bereft of talent. And scheme is a problem. Coaching is a problem. The coaches have to eat this. They They know. And they deserve the criticism this week. I don't know that they deserve all the all the criticism that they should be fired and and they've lost control of the team and all that. But there were too many people running free. If it's too complicated, make it easier. If there are too many new guys, make it easier. And that's what they're all working on this week because the same kind of team's coming Monday night. Yeah, no doubt about that, uh, Jim. And one of the things that I think is hardest about this job is I really like Keith Butler. I think he's a good dude. Uh, but we all do. Uh, yeah, it's tough because they're not getting it done on that side of the ball right now. Why are there so many communication issues? Uh, it just—I mean—that was a problem last year. That's a problem now, early this year. And you hope that they'll figure it out. But I'm not going to sit here and say I'm optimistic about them figuring it out. You know, communication issues is a fallback answer that gets reporters out of players' hair. That's fair. It also gets them from not pointing fingers, because part of defensive play is pointing fingers. I thought I was getting help, and nobody's going to say that stuff. This guy didn't give me help. I screwed up the technique. You know you know how that goes? Right. So it's easy to say communication. Now, there's some communication issues, yes. We had a guy break down the film at Steel City Insider, a really good guy, really good, knowledgeable coach, and uh, he said, yes, he sees the communication issues. He also sees some technique problems. He sees some poor calling from the sidelines. A couple plays, they ran two different defenses on the same play. I asked Butler about that, and he said, yeah, you must be talking about that big play to Kelsey. Well, I didn't really know which one. I, these are just things <laughs> I've heard. But, okay, if you want to admit to that one. So there's a myriad of problems. And I, I will say this. You're not always as bad as you look. You're not always as good as you look. There's always something in between. I think we're going to see a lot of improvement this week, and I, it might not be enough anyway. But it's going to be it's going to be more competitive from a coverage standpoint anyway. Jim, last thing here for you: if you had to rank rank the two greatest quarterbacks of all time, do you rank them Mahomes, Fitzpatrick, or Fitzpatrick Mahomes? <laughs> You're funny. I don't know where that came from. I just I don't know. I don't know. If I, I I haven't seen the Fitzpatrick. I've seen Fitzpatrick before, and I'm like, come on. I really like his get-up and his, his beard. You know, that showed me some – I thought he was just boring old Ryan Fitzpatrick. That was pretty cool. So maybe he has some – you know, maybe he has that it factor going on in his late career. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure how good he is. Mahomes, that was scary. Holy hell. <laughs> Man, that guy can play. It's funny. You know, you might have been at the same combine I was at. I interviewed him, and you know how those interviews go as a mob, but you also get some one-on-one time. And I, I went away thinking, this kid's like 12, 13 years old. He looks young, 
and he, he talks young. He's excited. He says a lot, of, but he's just physically immature. He can't do this. Well, he did it. <laughs> yes, he did it. I was completely wrong about that guy. One, two, three, four, five, six times he did it. Uh, Jim, I really appreciate the time, and we got to do this more often. That was a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Absolutely. Anytime, Adam. Take care, pal. Thanks a lot. There he goes, Jim Wexel from SteelCityInsider.net. He's also the associate editor of Steelers Digest. I really like Jim. I think he does really good stuff. Uh, he's a very friendly dude. Are we going to do that more? It's going to happen. I mean, he has to say yes. Sounds sounds promising, but it's a, a two way street. Yeah, thing, yeah, I mean, I want to have him back. I want to make that happen. Me too. So do you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. As long as he wants to come back, we're good. Well, we're good. Unless he doesn't want to come back, <laughs> then he won't. And we're not good. Then we're not good. Coming up next, Colin Cowherd. Oh my God, he took the Steelers to task, and he wasn't all wrong, just mostly wrong. I'll tell you how. Crowley Show. Sally Wigan likes him, and so should you. Adam, I think I think having millennials on the radio is awesome. I don't hate you. God. Adam Crowley. My dogs listen to you when I walk out the door. <laughs> on ESPN Pittsburgh. We got Wes Euler in the other room training with shirtless Tom. Shirtless Tom, an unabashed pit fan. You got Wes, who's a West Virginia homer, even more so than I am, and they're going back and forth, and it is quite disturbing. I'm happy to be back in here where I can be disturbed by the Steelers because what they got going on is equally as disturbing, if not more so, and Colin Cowherd and some other national cohorts they have been piling on. The narrative is that the Steelers are undisciplined. The narrative is that the Steelers uh, no longer deserve the respect that they used to deserve, that they used to garner whenever you had the Chief, whenever you had Dan Rooney around. And perception is reality, right? If people feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't an organization that should be respected, that's because they're not respecting said organization and it's sad to see the fall from grace. Now, winning changes all of that. If the Steelers find a way to win the Lombardi this year, then it all goes aside, right? If the Steelers find a way to slay the Patriots this year, then you can put it all behind you. But the reality is, right now, the Steelers are looked at as... Would you guys shut up in there, for God's sake? I can hear you through the damn walls. Hey, just quiet down. Pay attention to the shiny my producer. And you got to learn, Wes. Get it together. Kick him out. Honestly, kick him out. Wes, you're gone. Thank you. Goodbye, Wes. Penalty box? Yes, get in the box. Put him in the Katie box in the corner? No one's been in the Katie box in a long time. This is an honor, Wes. In fact, on the wall of fame in here, Katie is, her picture is on the wall right in front of the box. So if you want to, Wes, you can go and stare into Katie's eyes. More than likely, though, you're taller and you'll be looking into the soul of Gene Collier. Anyway, where was I? I'm distracted by my own people over here. The Steelers aren't respected right now. And Mike Tomlin, I feel, is getting the majority of the criticism. Some of it fair, some of it not. And Colin Cowherd said that, basically, as the momentum of Cowher's era ended, Mike Tomlin has proven that he's not as good of a coach as Bill Cowher. Let's wait just a second here. How many times has Mike Tomlin lost the AFC Championship game at home? How many times were the Steelers double-digit favorites? 
Okay, hasn't happened. Mike Tomlin, I still think, is a better coach than Bill Cowher. That being said, his defenses have not been good enough lately. And he's a defensive-minded coach. Let's go back in time. The year Cowher retired, the Steelers went 9-7. and seven. The following season under Tomlin, they went 10-6. and six. It wasn't until Tomlin's second year that the team was 12-4 and four and won the Super Bowl. So this Cowher's player thing is nonsense. If Cowher's players were so good under Cowher, then they would have won the Super Bowl in 2007. They would have won the Super Bowl in 2006. Okay, let's just, it, just, come on. They also went to the Super Bowl in 2010, which was far removed from Bill Cowher being the coach. And Mike Tomlin implemented his own draft picks. He implemented his own schemes into the picture. The Cowherd thing drives me up a flipping wall. And the thing that made me even more angry was that Colin Cowherd said, not enough people bring this up. I mean, have you listened to a Pittsburgh talk show ever? Probably not. But it gets brought up all the time. Cowherd's players. Mike Tomlin did it with Cowherd's players. Here's where Cowherd was right, though. Tomlin is a defensive guy, and the defense has not been good. 14th in 2013, 18th in 2014, 21st in 2015, 12th in 2016. Now they were fifth last year, but they gave up 38 in a playoff game against Jacksonville at home. They gave up 38 against the Baltimore Ravens at home. They gave up 28 points to the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers at home. They gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter against New England and over 100 yards at home home. So Cowherd is wrong, I think, in his assertion that it's because the Cower momentum ran out. I think he is correct in saying that a defensive coach needs to be better than that. Now, Jim Wexel made a really good point in the last segment saying when you're drafting 26 through 32nd, it's going to make it harder to get those impact players. It's going to make it harder for your defense to get that difference maker. How'd Khalil Mack wind up in Oakland before they shipped him out? That's because they sucked forever. How'd Sidney Crosby wind up in Pittsburgh? Well, it's because they sucked the Penguins did forever. You need to kind of suck to get those tremendous impact players on defense. And Bud Dupree, a late first-round guy, uh, he hasn't worked out. T.J. Watt had a very low floor. He has worked out to this point, but Artie Burns is okay. He's not a shutdown corner. Jarvis Jones was a decent enough run stopper, but he's not a first-round type talent. The Steelers have missed on a couple of the guys, and then we just haven't seen the high ceiling come through for a lot of these guys. Going back to the early days of Mike Tomlin, he did have some of those carryover players from Bill Cowher, certainly. But Tomlin was able to win in the second year, not the first year. If it was all about the players the Cowher had left behind, then why not come in instead of being 10-6? and six, Why not go 12-4 and four, win the damn Super Bowl that year? Instead of the Giants beating the Patriots, why not the Steelers, right? Well, it doesn't work that way. I can't stand that comparison. But this team, this defense, it's not good enough. And I even mentioned it again with Jim Wexel. I'm in a tough spot because I am, again only going to say things that I really believe on this show. And I have to take feelings into account. I'm not this douchebag who just speaks into a radio and shoots fire all over the place. I can never be that guy. I can try. I can I can fake it like some people across the street, but that's just not who I am. And Keith Butler is a really nice dude, 
who gets defense and has been around here in a long time, but isn't getting defense enough right now. And I can't call for him to be fired because I like the guy. Uh, to be fully transparent, I like the guy. And if things don't go well the rest of the year, maybe you can have that conversation. You can't can him right now. And Mike Tomlin will be here posthumously. Mike Tomlin will be dead and still coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the question is, what do you do on the defensive side of the ball now so that you're not a sieve? Uh, what do you do on the defensive side of the ball now so that you're not giving up 42 points at home to a player who's playing in his third ever NFL football game? And I think the answer is you got to simplify it. You have to make things easier to be digested by some of these young guys. Edmonds is young. T.J. Watt's in his second year. You're bringing in Cam Sutton in and out. He's in his second year, but he didn't play a lot last year. Artie Burns in his third year. He should be getting it, but... It doesn't seem like he is. Sean Davis, he's in his third year, but he's playing a different position now for the third straight year. It's going to be difficult for him. There are a lot of moving parts back there. Terrell, uh, pardon me, Morgan Burnett comes in. He's not played the defense before. So you've got a lot of moving parts, a lot of new faces, a lot of young faces. you got to simplify it for him. There might have been a reason why Dick LeBeau didn't play young players early on whenever they came into the league. And the reason is communication's hard. Now, the other reason was their players were that damn good. But they've got to figure out a way to simplify it. Because if they don't, they're just going to keep getting gashed big play after big play after big play. As Wexel said in the last segment, I'll keep referring to it. There were two different coverages being run on the Jason Kelsey play. Two different coverages. James Harrison said on the Cowherd program, not too long ago. That happened all the time when he was here. Is that common elsewhere? I, I don't think so. How could it be? This is the pros. And you bring in Tom Bradley to take over for Carnell Lake. You think that might help, but it hasn't yet. There's still time, but I keep saying it's the show-me defense. And until they show me that they can improve, they're going to have been showing me that they can't. I need to see them do it before I can believe. Week one was a step in the right direction, but you're playing Cleveland. Uh, they're trying to win a football game for the first time in 635 days tonight. Uh, first game's Cleveland. You kind of throw that out. Second game against a real offense with a pulse at home. You give up 42. If it doesn't change, this team's not making the playoffs. Because there are other issues. They can't kick. They can't punt. And the offense behind Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster is very thin at the wide receiver position. James Washington can be a good player, but can he take the top off the defense? And if he doesn't, if they don't put up points with this defense looking the way it is, they're not going to win football games. They're not going to make the playoffs. Coming up next, had kind of an epiphany today. What's your favorite Steelers player? Who's your favorite Steelers player? I mean, who's likable? You go back 10 years, you got Hines, you got Bettis, you got Troy. There's a whole bunch of them. Now, if I'm buying a jersey for my kid, probably blank. You know what? It should say Crowley on the back. No, those are the worst people on the face of the earth. It should say Crowman on the back. Okay, now that's just cool. Now that's badass. That's, badass, that's exactly. really cool. Yeah, I'd be woke. So that's next, Crowley Show.